We are now very lucky to be joined by none other than Shannon Novak, who is currently at the Dunedin Public Art Gallery with his uh, display, Art and AR, which is happening uh, this weekend, Saturday and Sunday from 10am until 4pm. Shannon, are you there? Can you hear me? Yes, I can. How is it at the moment? Are there many people at the DPAG? Yeah, yeah, no, it seems like a typical kind of Saturday morning. There's people coming in um, and the artwork or installation is kind of situated in the main foyer. So you get a lot of people who are just walking through to other shows to come and have a look. Oh, fantastic. And are you going to be manning that equipment all weekend? Yes, I'm going to be here um, all opening hours, Saturday, Sunday. Oh, fantastic. All right, so... Obviously, you've extended the direct physicality with your exhibit, The Expanded Gallery, before. Um, yep. How did this Gordon sculpture concept come about out of that? So The Expanded Gallery is the overarching project that I have at the DPAG, and that's kind of just exploring different ways we can extend thinking about what a gallery is and where art might live. And so I've done, you know, work in different spaces around Dunedin, so outside the gallery, but are still in some way linked to the gallery. And things sort of moving into digital space, so website interventions, social media interventions, so artwork appearing on Facebook and Instagram that are actual artworks. Um, and now this, which is kind of a, another digital artwork that's this virtual sculpture floating in the middle of space, um, something that would be quite impossible by other means of creating an artwork. Oh, fantastic. And you're using the Microsoft HoloLens as your augmented reality device. Have That's you used correct. this for any projects previously? Why the HoloLens in particular? No, uh, this is the first time I've been using um, smartphones pretty much the last five years to do this kind of work and now I'm just sort of looking at what headgear might do um, which changes the whole experience with your smartphone you're looking down at things often but with the headgear you've got your head up and you're looking directly at something in space uh, it frees you from the phone and it frees you to be able to walk around freely and, and look at the sculpture in, in space that's very cool. Are you particularly AR savvy? Is that why you've uh, started to use this? Or do you just think it's a bit of cool technology to incorporate in your artistic practice? Um, I think it's a bit more than the technology. Um, when I use, use AR, it was to explore or try and solve a challenge I had, which was around making artwork over objects that are too big to make it over otherwise, like the Sky Tower, for example. Um, I wanted to make an artwork that spread all over the Sky Tower, and, you know, obviously that's super expensive if you're doing it through traditional measures with paint or vinyl. Uh, even digital projection, you know, that costs a lot of money. Um, and AR, for me, was the answer at the time, just being able to hold your smartphone up to the Sky Tower and see artwork unfold in real time over over that building 
So, you know, for me, it's less about, hey, let's use a cool technology because it's cool and it's the latest thing. Um, but it's, it's more about how we use it in a meaningful way to explore art and, and different possibilities that the technology affords. So, um, for example, it, it could enable me to create artwork over protected or heritage surfaces, which no other really for, no other form, I guess, of, of art can do. Oh, I see. That's very cool. Um, has that occurred overseas before? Have you seen that on some sort of heritage or protected building and that inspired you to bring that to New Zealand? No, no. Um, it was back, I think, in 2012 that I kind of stumbled upon it and I hadn't really, I hadn't seen or heard anything about it. I just stumbled on it when I was facing the challenge of how do I get artwork onto surfaces that might not be um, the greatest to try and get artwork onto. Um, and it just, after I did Skytower, it just sort of went from there and it grew and it grew. And, you know, I thought, hey, we've got, you know, these protected buildings around Auckland. Um, why not create artwork over those surfaces using this technology? Were you the first to do that in New Zealand? Uh, I haven't, yeah, I haven't seen any other examples of that technology used at that time in New Zealand. Um, I was aware of um, a few artists working loosely with it overseas, particularly in the US, um, who were doing things like um, you'd be able to walk into a space and you could see some kind of animation appear, just some random animation appear in the middle of space. Um, but the way I used it was different to the way others were using it. I was creating virtual artwork that actually sits well with the surface that it's on, not just kind of something randomly put in space. It's something that actually moves over the surface of a target, like a wall or a painting or a chair or a door. Um, and that was, that was just out of curiosity, um, using something that was supposed to be used for advertising mainly, so people using their phones on magazines to bring pages to life um, in a different way. Okay, so it was about the relationship between the object you were projecting on and the projection itself as well? Yes. Mm, fantastic. So I guess art is a form of augmented reality in itself. Where do you think AR's place is in the art world and what's the future for the relationship between AR and art in your, in your opinion? Um, I think it's, like, if you look historically, it's always kind of been around in different forms, um, with or without technology. So, I mean, you know, there were kind of murals back, way back, that kind of gave the illusion of another world in the world that you live in. So, you know, it might be simple as a vista or something painted on a wall that gave the illusion that there was another world within your world. Um, and then it kind of grew from there, adding more and more technology over time. Um, now it's kind of, yeah, quite digital and um, probably pretty smartphone-based at the moment. That's where the market is. It's quite a ubiquitous device, I guess, that most people have, the smartphone. So that's where it's kind of rested. It's slowly moving to the likes of the HoloLens, which is the head set and a head-up display. And that will become, I think, more and more common um, with 
augmented reality and art. So creating work where you're free from the cord, you're free from any kind of tether and you're literally just standing in space um, engaging with the work uh, in thin air. Um, perhaps future it will be more body integrated so less of a piece of technology that you put on your head and maybe something that's implanted or um, you know things like contact lenses which is what they've kind of done experimentation with and seems to work um, so less kind of cumbersome more body integrated um, and kind of just normal uh, whereas now it seems quite unusual um, I've had people come and have a go and you know a lot of people are scared to interact with it uh, a lot of people love it and people who are maybe scared are just unsure about the technology unsure of wanting to get into that that realm um, because it's scary the whole fact that you may be digitally hijacked by something um, and have something on your face that's showing you something that no one else can see. Do you think the role of the gallery as a space will change as AR becomes more normal? Um, I'm not sure. I think there'll be, it could get quite contentious around content. So what it is people are actually seeing and what are they, are there any kind of censorship issues around that? Um, can people hack into it? And can they replace the content with an appropriate content? Is that an easy thing? Do they need to, you know, block it? Like, what what kind of digital security will they need? Um, and maybe things like how it can merge or marry with traditional forms of work. Um, that's been presented um, over a long period of time. I mean, I did a install at the Auckland Art Gallery where I created these kind of virtual artworks over existing artworks. Um, and the role kind of the gallery is really just to be kind of tech troubleshooters more than anything, just getting people up and running on their devices and getting them comfortable with technology. Have you looked into the, the digital security side of things with your work for the DPAG? Um, yeah, well, the only thing really to worry about is um, people hacking the Wi-Fi. So the whole, the whole system kind of runs off Wi-Fi and the web and the cloud. And so, if, you know, if it, if it was open, which it isn't, it's secured here, but if it was open, you know, it'd be quite easy for people to just come in here and sit in and just muck around with the technology and content and potentially replace it but it's so new that I don't think <laughs> I don't think anyone would probably you know come in and do that God, um, I'd be a disaster. find anyone that was able to work with me to produce content for this device because it's relatively new in New Zealand it's been around for you know a while the headset but it's relatively new in terms of its distribution here in New Zealand. Oh yeah, well I hadn't heard of it before, before your exhibit, um, so I can see why people would still be hesitant to engage with it if it hasn't been normalised yet. Um, yeah, I, I guess so, but some, like, some people are just 
get a technology full stop no matter what it is. I think like I've found through this journey that there's kind of two main types of people. So people that don't want to engage and are just would prefer to watch other people engage. And then there's people that just want to get into it and try and break it and test it and do all sorts of things. Do you find it more engages a younger demographic? Um, yeah, I think from experience, yes. And it's often the kids that are kind of dragging their parents to the arts rather than the other way around, which is a really good thing, that's I fantastic, think. fantastic, yeah. Um, <clears throat> because, and I guess that's one of the things that triggered my interest in this whole AR field in the first place was going to gallery openings and seeing all the adults kind of standing around with their wine and cheese talking about the work and other stuff and then all the kids would be sitting in a corner somewhere or outside on their mobile devices uh, not engaging at all uh, so it was kind of like okay so we've got this technology it's here we can't we're not going to get rid of it we're not going to take the cell phones out of their hands we're going to kind of look at how we might engage that audience with the technology they're using um, and that's kind of where it started and um, yeah for me kids are a massive kind of audience for my work re-engaging them with art because essentially they're the future for us yeah of course now I haven't seen the sculpture yet um, and I don't want to ruin anything for any of the <laughs> listeners but I've heard that every viewer is going to see a different version of the sculpture um, dependent on perceived mood, voice, movement how do you go about translating these variables into the sculpture? Um, yeah that's one thing and I've kind of switched it off by default um, there's this kind of program that listens to you as you talk and tries to judge and identify the emotion in what you're saying not necessarily the tone of your voice but what the words that you're saying so if I was to say for example uh, you know I've been at work all day and I've had a really like crap day and I'm not feeling that great it would pick that up and it would change the sculpture to blue um, if you kind of talking about a happy moment um, that would change to like orange or something so it's quite um, quite basic in terms of matching expected colours to expected emotions um, nothing really beyond that um, but I've kind of turned that off by default because that can get kind of um, that can throw people a little about you know you see these sudden colour changes and you're not really sure why it's changing um, so I've turned it off and allowed people to have more control so to literally say a colour like green and it will change to green say pink it will change to pink um, you can do things like change its size so say small it will change to a tiny version of itself and it will grow back um, you can duplicate it you can uh, say a secret word which I won't say here but when you do it kind of lights up and jumps all over the place and plays some music um, and then there's uh, things like uh, expanding it into multiple pieces and then you being able to reach out into space and move those pieces around it's quite Black Mirror. Have you seen Black Mirror, the Netflix series? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it is very Black Mirror. It's kind of, it's a little creepy and 
like some people when they're working with it, you know, they just they love it, and then some people are just like, oh, this is this is trouble, you know, this is going to be trouble in future. Yeah, it sounds, sounds a little bit spooky at times, especially if... It, it does, it is a little spooky, and it's kind of like a... It's almost like there is a ghost floating in space. It's kind of how I liken it. So I gave it the name Gordon um, in light of Gordon Walters and the work that's on show here. Um, and it's almost like the spirit of... For me, it's an apparitional spirit of, of Gordon. Oh, I was going to ask you about that, yeah. Surely the title was no coincidence. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's like this this spirit floating in space. Oh, that's a lovely tribute. Um, Gordon Walters' new vision, of course, currently showing yeah. on the second floor of the DPAG. It's the huge feature exhibit, which I talked about yeah. last week, but um, it's a really, really good exhibit for you to go along to have a look at. And while you're going... Maybe pass by Shannon's VR <laughs> set. Oh, sorry, yeah. AR set on the way. Um, yeah. Did the idea of creating that individual and unique experience for every viewer influence the addition of all those structural differentiations? Um, why? Why did you include those in instead of just the floating apparition with no sort of engagement? Um, I was interested in what it could do that other forms of art can't do. So it was about pushing the boundaries of what art is and what it can do. So, for example, yeah, you've got something floating in space there that's virtual. I mean, you know, it's, it'd be hard pushed to find any other kind of form of art that would allow you to do that. Maybe. Um, projection in a clouded room or misted room could potentially do it, um, but not at that three-dimensional, true three-dimensional level. Um, doing things like being able to change its scale um, just with a voice command, um, you know, other forms of art, I mean, it's not something that you can do easily. Um, causing it to duplicate was another thing. So if you say copy to it, it will literally uh, copy itself and spread out to multiple locations around the gallery, which you can go and wow. look at. And you know that's obviously something that you know you can't do otherwise. So it was really about how can we use this technology, not because, again because it's cool, but how can we actually use it mean, in a meaningful way to push the limits and boundaries of what art is and what art can do. Oh, that's fantastic. I'm very aware that you are actually manning the station yourself. Yeah. So <laughs> we might leave it that's there, right. but... That's all right. You, know, you give people headset and they kind of just wander off into their own world. Oh, vent. oh good. Yeah. I didn't want it there to be any sort of drama that was happening while I was chatting no, to you no, on no, air. No, fine. The only thing you kind of have to worry about is just like making sure people don't run into posts and stuff. But it's kind of... I mean, you won't do that because you can see the real world around you, but sometimes you might be backing up and you don't realise there's a wall behind you. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, be careful if you go to the DPEG today. I'm very much yeah. looking forward to coming up and having a play after my show is finished. Yeah, so, yeah definitely yeah, come up. Very exciting. Thank you so much for talking to me today on the DPEG Late no Breakfast Show. Thank you, Shannon. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Cool. Um, oh, we just cut him off there. That was not very professional. Um, Shannon Novak, he is going to be there all weekends, Saturday and Sunday from 10 a.m. until 4 p.m. Um, those are the opening hours. It's totally free at the DPAG uh, using the Microsoft HoloLens with his interactive sculpture. Gordon, head along there now while there's still not many people. There's not a huge crowd.
Um, thank you so much for talking to us, Shannon. Let's have some more.